0: Thanks for pressing play on this episode of A-Sides. I'm Andy here, and I just want to share something before the episode begins, is that one special reason why I wanted to do this podcast, not only to talk music with my buddy Brent, but I also wanted to gain some self-confidence in myself because I feel really comfortable talking to my friends. But when I'm talking to someone new, I'm kind of shy and really quiet. So using this podcast to speak to people that I've never met before as a way to get out of my comfort zone. And one of those guys that I've never met before, his name's Corey Rizzoni. I was introduced to him through a text message by Denny Smith. So thank you, Denny, for introducing me to Corey because he's one guy that's really helped get me out of my comfort zone, talking to him last June, and now I'm going to be talking to him again tonight. So I hope you enjoy this conversation because Corey's a pretty cool guy. And He's got a lot of interesting things to say And hopefully you can take something away from this episode Thank you
1: I'm in a band and I love it I'm in a band and I love it All I want to do is play my guitar and rock and roll When I hear speakers pushing the air There's nothing better, you can feel it It's addicting, I swear
0: We are back for another episode of A-Sides. I'm Andy, going solo, and I've got a guest back who I spoke to last June. And uh, So welcome back, uh, Corey. Hey. How are you doing tonight, What's Andy? going
2: on? I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out.
0: So how have you been um, in the last year since we talked? Anything new?
2: Well, I'm, I mean, since last time we talked, I, don't, I, I started playing with The Great Affairs. So I'm still doing Light to Marfa. It's kind of... Uh, I think when we talked last time, our bass player had, had uh, moved because of COVID. He had to move back to his, and then our drummer had to move, and then our bass player came back, and um, our singers had a few medical issues. So we're, we're just kind of, he's getting healthy. So, you know, probably in the next month or two, we'll start revisiting that. But, you know, again, we're back to, we don't have a drummer. It's just the three of us. So that's still moving, and then the Great Affairs is uh i mean we're starting to play first show back is uh april 30th so um yeah any any day now so uh so i'm doing both of those things so that's that's different that's that's something new
0: i <laughs> awesome are you looking forward to actually getting back on the stage
2: yeah i am uh you know i, I... I moved to Nashville to play as much as possible, but for some reason, I think in the last five years, just because of the way the the business is and trying to start a new band and all that stuff, I think I've only played about five times in the last five years. So uh, that's, I mean, I've played hundreds of shows in my lifetime, probably thousand and you know um, and it's, it's good to be playing now again, because I think this summer I'm going to play more this summer than I did in the last five years. So that, that'll that be good to be back in the saddle that's kind of what i do this for a lot of guys like to just write i don't mind the writing i'm of guys though it's like let's get in the studio so we can write some songs real fast so we can go play
0: <laughs> well i'm looking forward to finally seeing you and finally meeting you because i got two i'm gonna uh, check out with uh you and the great affairs uh it's a mid-may i think it's john brown's and then there's a guy yeah. that's got like a backyard party in uh June. oh
2: yeah Right on. I think they're,
0: yeah, I think they're both in Illinois. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, man. I've heard about that guy's party the last couple of years, and I've been invited by a buddy that lives in that town and then by the band, so I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to try to make it happen.
2: Yeah, I heard it's, I heard it's a, a, you know, a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I got you back today, and I'm actually, I don't know if I'm stealing this idea from you, so sorry if I am, but um, you had these posts on uh, social media um last uh summer were you doing band laws, and I thought it would be cool to talk to uh, you uh, a little bit more in depth about the band laws- sure
2: man i, I if I did it, I did it so.
0: <laughs> I guess it's already out there anyways, yeah, but
2: yeah, and i'm sure I'm sure some people got butt hurt, you know, but you know. Sometimes the truth hurts, and uh, you know there's also you know many sides to many stories. So that was that was just my take on things. So, but yeah, let's 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 go yeah. for it, man. Throw throw some stuff at me.
0: I liked what one guy said. I think in one of the comments, it was like, pearls of rock wisdom uh, from Corey Arizona. <laughs> I don't know about that, but you know, hey, I'll I'll take what I can get. So up first, um, your first band law. I don't know if I need to have like a boomy voice, like band
1: law with Corey.
0: <laughs> or something maybe maybe we can edit something in but sure well the first one was about rehearsals and you had said that um you prefer a band should always have weekly um set rehearsals i've never been in a band but i would kind of agree with that
2: yeah i mean it it, that's that's one of them things where you know you know i've heard the argument before from people well i don't want it to feel like a job and when we've got a we've got to be there. It's just like, well, I want this to be my job. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a bad job. It's a fun job. If playing music isn't, it feels like a at any point, then you should really stop. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm a true believer in that. And I can say, you know, and I'll probably say this several times uh, in this discussion, but now playing with the great affairs, it has reinforced a lot of those things because, after a while, you start thinking, well, maybe I'm the weird one, man. Maybe I'm wrong. But we practice every Wednesday at seven o'clock. Nobody, you know, that the inevitably in mo, not in all, but in a lot of bands, even even some that did really well that I was in, it, it was like almost like a running joke. Like if we had like a Tuesday at seven rehearsal, like about four o'clock, at least one or two dudes would message and be like, "Hey, man, we still rehearse in the night." Why would we not be like, I, it's almost like, are you saying like, do you not want to rehearse? <laughs> it's almost like they're look, looking for uh, out, you know, and it, immediately. So with this band, with, with, with the great affairs, I mean, we don't even, everybody's just there. Like there's no discussions. Nobody's messaging an hour before, like, are we still doing this tonight? <laughs> you know, we just get there and we practice until 10 and at 10, we stop and we roll out. It's the same every week. And it's kind of re- that like, man, if you want to be legit, I want to be good. You got to put in the work, you know, and I mean, I mean, even, you know, two or three times, I'm I'm willing to rehearse as much as needed because I, I don't consider it a bad thing. I, I like playing. So like if I, rehearsing just means I get to play my guitar for a few more hours, <laughs> So, yeah, so that's a big one. I, I Yeah, I, I just don't blows my mind that, you know, I mean, I'm one of them guys, it's like, I like to know, okay, I go to the gym at five o'clock on these two days. And then on this day, you know, just like you have a work schedule, it's easier to plan things. It's, you know, it's one of them things where it's like, if if my wife asked me, well, she wouldn't even ask me, she would say, oh, somebody called and wanted to do something on Wednesday night, but I know you have rehearsal. <laughs> so, you know, but, but it's one of them things. You can plan your life when you have to set things in place. So I just find it's easier.
0: Um, I think you made a good point there because I was kind of thinking like even like basketball teams or sports teams, they practice, but you mentioned the gym. It's like people have leg days or arm days. They're still doing it every day or every other day.
2: Yeah. So. I, it's it, yeah, like I said, I think the people that maybe complain about that one, like I said, they, they really don't um, must not enjoy it. I, I don't know if they consider it a chore, uh, then yeah, you're doing it wrong, I guess. You know,
0: I'm sure everybody who's in a band too has rehearsals, like even like Paul Stanley, he's he's like a huge rock star, and I'm sure he rehearses.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, and when those bands, you know, have a, have, you know, Hey, we're going on tour. We have rehearsals, you know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure. Gene isn't calling Paul up and going, Hey, i still doing this today. You know, no, <laughs> it's like you, yeah. you, you show up, you know? And I know, again, you know, we're, we're at the low, that's a different level. So you get those arguments too, where people say, well, that's different because, you know, cause they're a big rock band and they make money and it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, you got you to put in the time, no matter what. You know, if you're opening a pizza joint, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go in the place and actually make pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't just like show up to gigs and be like, yeah, well, if we suck, we suck. You know, no, you know, you want to be as good as possible, and the only way to do that is to practice.
0: Yeah, really. If you want to keep uh, um, having people coming back to your shows, then yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. You don't want to suck, so. <laughs>
0: And actually that leads uh, um, right in, it's kind of a good lead into uh, the second band law um, that you had, um, which was um, don't uh, wing it at an audition. And I was wondering if that's like happened to a band that you've had, or you have any kind of experience with that, or is that just your own personal philosophy?
2: Um, I've had it happen in bands I've been in. I've actually been, I've actually auditioned and, been behind uh like like sitting in the hall while somebody else was auditioning and and heard them winging it and (laughs) you know um yeah i just again you know like i said i'm gonna go back to this but it reinforced it you know trout for the great affairs it wasn't like a given that i had the gig i had to go audition and even still you know i mean we're about to play i've learned 36 songs in a couple months and and I've learned them as close to the record as I can. And then once I have them, then if the guys, sometimes the guys will say, Hey, if you want to do your own thing on that part, do your own thing. But I learned it as close as I can. I'm, I'm and I'm a mediocre guitar player. So, so, uh, you know, but I will work as hard as I can to be as close as I can to that record where there are guys. Uh, again, like I said, I, I've experienced it where people have tried to audition for, many bands over the years where they just come in and they're like, Hey man. Yeah. I listened to the song like three or four times. It's an A right. Yeah. And then they just kind of do their own thing. And, uh, you know, it's like if those songs have been released and are out there and there's videos, I just feel like, you know, again, I'm not in U2 and, you know, none of my bands have been Van Halen. I just, but I just think it's a good, you know, good, rule of thumb to try and come in prepared and learn the songs. I mean, you know, I've been in bands before where it's been three months and guys are still struggling to learn 12 songs exactly as they should be. Um, where, like I said, again, I learned 36 songs now in a couple months. And, you know, I, I, I do my best. And I've gotten, like I said, I've gotten gigs that way where it's been, I've, I've, been in the hall and heard the guys in there jacking off, not knowing the the stuff, but they're way better musician than me in the sense of technically, but then I'll go in and it's happened to me a couple times. And and I've even had people go, how the hell did that gig? (laughs) (laughs) But it, but it's because I came in and, you know, uh, I mean, I could say for, for one band I went in, I remember I came in, heard the guy before and it was, it was, he really was really good musician, but it didn't sound very good because he wasn't prepared. I came in and they had given me nine songs and I played, no, I, I didn't even know the names of the songs yet because it had only been a few days. And I was like, okay, let's play song number one on the tape. So we went and by song five. They were like, do you know all of these? I was like, yeah. I do, you know, <laughs> and I got the gig cause they had gigs coming up and it was just like the other guy couldn't come in and play one song, even though he could shred through the whole thing. That's not really playing a song. You got to play the part, be a, be a member of the band and uh, not shit the bed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there, that, I think that's a huge one. I think you should come in prepared and be professional. And, um, you know, I, I, can't imagine again, you know, whoever big musician is, you know, coming in, auditioning for somebody, you know, coming into U2 and being like, oh, yeah, I'm replacing the edge. And then coming in and just being like, yeah, you know, that Sunday Sunday part. I got this new way I'm going to play it. You know, the edges <laughs> way really wasn't working for me. I mean, I've literally had people say that to me before on songs that in bands I've been in were. I was the writer or whatever, and it was just like, yeah, you know, I thought this was better this way, and it's like, well, that's I'm I'm glad you think that, but yeah, but you should probably learn the song as it is, you know.
0: Yeah, man, that so, sounds really like douchebaggy if you're like coming in there and like changing the song.
2: Oh, yeah, that's a bizarre That's a bizarre one. But and, and there are, you know, I mean, I live in Nashville, so there are some cats. Uh, I mean, I've experienced it before, and, and actually I was just talking to Denny today about, uh, loosely about, he came up about another musician, um, and they came in to jam for a show, and they didn't rehearse at all, and they smoked. They were perfect, because there are some guys that can come in and just barely listen and kill it. I'm not one of those guys and there's most guys aren't those guys. So, uh, yeah. So in this town, there are some guys that can come in without rehearsals and just smoke, but you know, the majority of guys, you got to put in the work. So yeah, I, I just think it's very important to be prepared for the gig.
0: It's just like a job interview too, like treating it like a job. Yeah. Cause you're not going to go in and just apply it and not look at like, you know, any of the credentials or, I mean the, um, requirements
2: exactly you know i'll go back to the back to the pizza thing you know come in it's like i got a job at pizza hut and they're like this is the way you make a pepperoni pizza and you're like no it ain't this is how i make a pepperoni pizza i throw a little pineapple on it and i throw a little you know it's like <laughs> no they tell you how to make it they give you the ingredients and you make it and that's kind of how it is you know and you know i guess it's a little looser in a bad situation because as things go you know, again, I'm I'm always an open guy. It's like, hey, you learn the song really well. Do your own thing on this section or feel free to, you know, go crazy in this part or whatever. But, you know, from the beginning, you should learn the nuts and bolts and then take it from there. So Yeah.
0: I'm going to go on to the third law. Actually, I had a different one for the third one, but this okay. will actually no, no, lead we're... into a better one. Um, okay, cool. So uh, Corey's band law uh, number three or actually it was a nugget of knowledge, I guess, not really a law, but, um, you had posted what makes a professional, um, a musician versus just, uh, like, uh, I guess I wasn't sure how really you had designated it because when you said what makes a professional musician, I was like, yeah, is it like local or regional or national or are you just a basic like player?
2: I, man, I'm trying to remember that one. But yeah, I, th- I think I just was kind of asking because it's hard to really tell anymore what professional is, because most as I know, even the real pros aren't making money. So how professional can, can you really be if it's not your living? Um, but I do think that, yeah, I mean, if if you come to rehearsal every week and learn the songs, you're probably more of a professional than that guy that calls out a rehearsal all the time and doesn't learn the songs. I guess it goes, you know, goes deeper into those first two, uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, as far as, for I, me, what makes a professional is just somebody that lives it and breathes it. Like, for me, I, I will... I will always. I mean, there's been times when, like I said, my last band before Lights of Marfa, Adeline split up. I didn't have anything, so I started from scratch. But I worked my butt off just myself writing songs for about a year. Um, and I just. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to even be in a band to be a professional. You just got to put in the time. You know, I. I, I make this joke, but and and I have some really good musician friends that probably could be professionals. But I, I make this statement every five years they quit for eight years. So so, you know, they started at twenty but then they quit at twenty five and then and they needed a break and then 33 they were like hey man i'm doing this again man we're gonna rock the world and then you know they could do it for a few years and all of a sudden it's like oh i don't like this and they don't do anything for eight years and then all of a sudden they're back you know they're 40 something and they're like i'm back let's go on tour it's just like (laughs) uh that's i just feel like i'm a lifer that's this is what i do it's what i've done my first show was when i was 14 in a bar you know, I mean, I'd be driven there, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, 28 now. <laughs> uh, uh, no,
1: I'm, I'm in my, you know,
2: I'm in my mid, <laughs> mid 40s, mid late 40s, and you know, so it's been a long time. It's been, in, you know, close to 30, 30ish years I've been doing this without stopping, at different levels, you know, and I, just, I feel like sometimes that makes a professional as well. I mean, are, do you stop? You know, I mean, you just keep chugging along and trying and trying and try. That's what this business is. Trying and luck um, is mostly what it is. So, yeah, I mean, what makes a professional? I think there's so many different uh, definitions for people of what a professional is. But for me, a professional is somebody that doesn't stop, continues to do it at, at any level that's a good level, you know, um, that getting together every, you know, twice in six months with your buddies. To jack off in the basement, I don't know that that's professional. <laughs> that's a bunch of guys having a hobby.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I think it goes back to your level of if you take it seriously or not, or if you take yourself seriously, then
2: yeah,
0: I guess that's what makes you professional. Because I think actually now thinking back, uh, you had posted something about how if somebody's got a portfolio or if they don't have any videos or any kind of oh
2: yeah. If that's, they don't, that's
0: a, yeah, almost have anything online, then you're not really that professional. If you're not really putting something out there, right?
2: Oh yeah, and that chapped some asses. I I remember that. So uh, yeah, people got a little bent about that. But but in 2021, if you are have been a musician for even just five years and consider yourself a pro, if they you have zero video content or audio content or recordings or anything fuck you you're not that (laughs) 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 that sounds really but i mean you know i mean anybody that wants to get butt hurt by that i mean it's like i we, we live in a world of nothing but videos so it's like if you don't have a video of you playing in front of a crowd and you've been playing for 10 years i'm sorry but that I, that, I, I mean, I could give you treasure trove full of old material. I mean, YouTube my name, you know, I mean, you'll find shit I, that you should be able to do that if you quote unquote are a professional, in my opinion. But, you know, again, I could just be dick and <laughs> be wrong. But but, uh you know, I, and that's if you don't have any content on that doesn't make you a horrible person or but don't try and join a professional band and say you're a professional and get hurt when they don't contact because you don't send anything or you send a video of your phone in front of you playing in your bathroom, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that, yeah. I mean, uh, that, again, that's, that sounds dickish and, and asshole, whatever, but you know, I mean, the, the, sometimes the truth hurts. And again, this is, uh, this is all coming from, again, a, a mediocre guitar player who just has a a crazy amount of ambition and, and get up and go, you know, I, I, I just don't stop. So, um, but I have plenty of material. If somebody were to call me tomorrow and ask if I have some material, they'd like me to audition for something. I could send them all kinds of stuff in about 20 minutes. So, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing, you know, you say that stuff, Hey man, I'm interested in gig. Cool you have any videos? And then it takes six days for them to respond with, like I said, and, um, I got some, you know, I got three Instagram videos of me playing my cousin's bar mitzvah. You know, it's
1: like, okay, <laughs> that, that,
2: you know, cool. I mean, and, and sometimes, like oh, you know, if they're great, they're great. But but sometimes, it's just like, okay, that's, you know, how does that show me that you can play in a rock band, you know? So, it, yeah, it's it's a difficult one, but yeah, so that does go along with the being a professional, I think you should have a resume, you know, kind of like going to get a job, you know. So, God, some people are going to be pissed off at the end of this one.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think so, man. You're just telling it like it is. We're just talking about if you're going to go get a job, you still have to have a resume. So, so why wouldn't you have video of yourself? Yeah, it's, I don't know, it seems like it all goes hand in hand.
2: Oh, yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not too worried if people are pissed. They, they, yeah, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> So,
0: anyway. Well, next. here's the next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the next one that actually probably will piss off people. But I was kind of wondering this myself. What uh, um, it's actually what makes a touring uh, musician? And I think you said something like, if you played four shows in a month and they're not consecutive, then you're not on tour. Right. And there are I, some I, people that are like, well, I had this gig and this gig, but is it? I don't know what would make a tour technically.
2: Yeah, I would say you're a working musician if you do that, and that's a great thing. To me, to go on the road, quote unquote, or on tour, you need to be gone for at least two weeks. I mean, to me, I know, I mean, uh, going away, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think any of these country cats that I know that do the weekender thing. I don't think any they are like, yeah, I got some shows this weekend. I don't think any of them go going on tour to me. I just think world tour van Halen, And there's like 40 dates, you know, that that's a tour, you know, when you go and you play 280 shows in a year, that's a tour, uh, going to play, you know, two shows within an hour of your house. That's not a tour. So, uh, I, you know, those may be semantics or whatever, but that that's just me. I think a real touring, like I said, a tour would be, okay, we're playing Tuesday night in Minneapolis, and then Wednesday night in Milwaukee, and then we have, you know, whatever, the next night off, and then the next night we're in Chicago. And then Detroit and then, you know, I mean, I've done that before. It's been a long time since I've done that. So, but I wouldn't tell anybody that I'm going on tour either. You know, it's it's just, like I said, that's one of them things that, you know, people post left and right online. Sometimes it's just like, you know, we're we're hitting the road going on tour. And then there's like, they post three dates. It's like, okay, that's not really a tour. Good on you. You know I mean? Uh, So, yeah, somebody may have a better uh, idea on that one. But yeah, I I think if you play four shows in a month, I think you're a working musician. That's damn awesome in these times. Um, Not everybody tours anymore. There's not a lot, I mean, not a lot of money in music in general, but definitely not, you know, going and touring. If you're a low, low totem pole band, I mean, a lot of those bands pay to be out there. So, um, so yeah, there's nothing wrong with not touring. I just, I just find it amusing. Yeah. When bands, you know, um, post, you know, we're going on a Midwest tour and they go to, you know, Milwaukee and Madison and then that's it. You know,
0: <laughs> I like that distinction that you said, because yeah, like there's a working musician and then there's a touring musician. Cause I kind of wasn't sure, but I like that, uh, term that you, um, used there.
2: Yeah. And I don't think there's a I Again, there's fun with either one, you know, I, there's, there's very, f- very few touring musicians anymore that I, you know, I don't really know many, you know, I, I, from all my years, I know a handful of guys that still are in bands that, you know, that hit it for, you know, gone for three or four months out of the year. You know, but I think nowadays it, it, things are kind of morphing into the country world, which I mean, once I moved to Nashville, it's really strange to see how they the country world does it. You know, they all they like leave Thursday morning and, or Friday. And they do the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then they come home and they're home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So it's almost like weekenders, you know, um, and I see a lot more rock bands starting to do that because, I mean, you know. Unless you're, and again, you know, you go back to, the, unless you're a big band, you know, selling a lot of tickets in Butte, Montana on a Tuesday <laughs> isn't, isn't probably going to happen. And so, you know, it's, it's it's a smart way to do it, you know. Tour Smart, it's, it's a, there's a book called that that's actually a great book for anybody. Uh, look, it's an old book, but it's a great book called Tour Smart, and it kind of, you know, hits on some of these concepts, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, tour, whatever, working musician, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, two shows in, a, in three weeks is not a tour.
0: I wasn't aware of that, that you're saying the country musicians, so they just kind of basically hit the road, but it's just like a weekend, and then they're home a couple days First a week. For the
2: weekdays, yeah. yep. And then they kinda, go. I mean, I, I live close to a grocery store here, and it's one of the pickup spots. So, like, if you go there on, uh, you know, Thursday or Friday, there'll be a tour bus out or, or two. And that's where all the guys, you know, their wives bring them and they get on the bus and then they go, you know, their country for the weekend and then come back on, you know, whether it's Sunday morning or Monday morning and then they're home. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of makes sense. Like I said, when you think about it, it's just like, you know, who, unless you're a big name selling tickets on a Monday in 2021 is a, is a, is a challenge.
0: Um, Oh, you just reminded me of something. This was about seven or eight years ago when I was working for this other radio station in town. Uh, they had me work as a band runner. Yeah. And I would go get their groceries or something off their list and then kind of just stock up their bus. Or um, or occasionally they'd have me go pick up some guys at the airport. And I think the Gin Blossoms were kind of doing that too from talking to a drummer. All their gigs were mostly just fly-ins. Like they would uh, yeah. fly out on like a Friday morning and play somewhere on a Friday, get on a bus and then go somewhere on Saturday, Sunday. Um, I think they'd play and then they'd fly back Monday. and that's what their summer yep. was.
2: Yep. That's, that's kind of the way it is. Cause you know, no, I mean, you know, it's, it, it, nobody wants to play to nobody. So, so yeah, those Mondays and Tuesdays, unless you're a big band, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, uh, um they're they're morale killers is what uh what i guess some of us would call you know especially for bands like like a gin blossoms or or, you know those bands that sold a million records but aren't selling the million records anymore which is no 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 diss on them I, i like gin blossoms but there's a lot of those bands out there now where it's just like they can still pull a crowd but pulling a crowd on a monday or tuesday in the middle of nowhere is tough and you know, you've you're used to back a day playing to a lot of people, and the crowds have gotten smaller. And then you you know you, I've, I've played those I've played those gigs, man, before where you show up somewhere. I mean, in Nashville. I mean, I was in a touring rock band from Dallas, and you know played. I think uh, Detroit, two nights before we played Nashville, played Detroit, uh, St. Andrew's Hall, packed. Uh, with a with a we were opening for a multi platinum band and we got just packed thousands of people and then we came to Nashville and played a place place called Rocket Town and there were literally 80 people there. Oh wow. Same oh, wow. So, same line. So and like I said that's a morale killer. Like you leave that like why am I doing this again? <laughs> you know and but then the next night you play somewhere else and there's you know 2,000 people it's like okay now I remember but you do enough of those. So, yeah. So I think that's what bands are doing now. They're avoiding the early week gigs because those are tough, you know. Um, So for everybody, unless you're the the mountain of the world.
0: I guess it's all about making money too. You don't want to, yeah, like you said, play to like 80 people and then you're not really going to make any money. You might not even break even on that one well and
2: what happens is they have guarantees so you know if they're you know let's uh, i mean i'm just who knows what these bands are making five ten grand let's say they make ten grand or they're asking ten grand and the promoter gives them ten grand and that you know they're in some city but they only draw a hundred people well the next time they come back they ain't going to get ten grand so because the promoter is going to remember shit last time you're here there was only a hundred people you know but you know it, it was a monday night but they don't care about that you know it's like so it could affect your uh your bottom line also so yeah all that stuff now that's the sucky part of it is the business side that people just don't think about you know i'm just talking about it grosses me out because it ruins it all but but it's a big part of it you know it's like you as a musician you got to think about those things is it worth going you know um so it's not you know it's not 1978 anymore where money was flowing and bands were killing and you know it was, it's just different now
0: i only had five lost, wow, so we're almost kind of blowing through these kind of fast i feel like but
2: uh what, what are we at we're on number five
0: yeah 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 we're already on number okay. five i do have a kind of a silly one for the end but uh, <laughs> uh the fifth one is you're saying you might chap some asses i feel like this <laughs> is gonna be the ass uh chapper of all of them but like i'm i'm kind of curious about this one too because uh I was even uh, thinking about um, this one a lot, but it's um, you had posted something and it says about is it the producer or the band that has the uh, sound or the tone? Because I think you were saying that nowadays it seems like a lot of bands, they almost lack an actual uh, sound of their own and they're just going to a producer.
2: Um yeah i wasn't necessarily saying that what what's happening a lot and and i i mean it's it's ha- i mean it didn't it it was been proposed in bands that i've been in in the last uh 10 years so the last few bands i've been in it's been pr- proposed a few times and a lot of people do it this way now where you kind of record um, at your own home studio and you do what's uh You do like a direct track, it's called, or, you know, a a direct line, and and it's basically just your guitar going in, your signal going in, and then that gets sent to a producer in some other city, and he'll do what's called reamping, and he'll run it through an amp, and it's like, well, that's not my amp. I'm not in that room to get my sound. That's his sound. He's finding a sound. So what happened a lot is a lot of these guys, producers, have their sound. It's not a not a bad thing for that I was saying, but it is the way it is now. So a lot of these guys will mobile do that and they'll get the tracks and they kind of go for their their sound. They're used to their amp, their thing. So all the recordings kind of end up sounding the same. And I it's kind of you know, I miss that old school thing where it's like you go in, you have your gear, you you play your gear, you get your sound, you're in the room, the producer's saying, what do you think of this? It sounds kick ass. How about we do, you know, just that whole process of it is just missing, you know, um, and it's a, it's it kind of homogenizes things in a way because things kind of, and I understand from a producer's perspective because their money is getting less. So the more projects they can work on the better. So, you know, if they can get those tracks that way and just reamp them with their sounds that they know, they can definitely pump stuff out, you know, and some guys don't do that. Some guys are, are anti that, but there's a lot of that going on. And like I said, it, it does help because the costs are lower, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But again, I, I just feel like it the identity of the band sometimes is just having their sound. You know, Randy Rhodes won Best Guitarist of, you know, back in the day. But he also won, like, Worst Sounding Guitar, or Worst Tone. He's won in, because if you listen to his tone by itself, it's pretty brittle and rough but in Ozzy's mix, it's cool, and it, it's it's his sound. Eddie Van Halen has his brown sound. Um, I mean, there's some bands you can just hear the first riff. The, you hear the drums, the bass, and the guitar, and you're like, I know who that is. You know, Alice in Chains is that way. Um, when you can have that identifiable sound, I think that's a magic thing that doesn't exist very much anymore for, for the reasons I'm saying. And it's sometimes it's just, it is a money thing. It's like, it's a lot cheaper to do it the way I was just explaining. It's just like kind of do it yourself and then ship it off to somebody to kind of do the mixing. But then the band isn't involved. I'm one of them guys like almost every band I've been in, I will be there from the time the drums start till the very last vocal gets sang, because I just want to be there. I want to, be able to throw my input in or hear what's happening or, you know, I, I just think that's such an important part of it. That's missing today. So, so yeah, that, that may chap some asses, but, but I think that's a big part of it. You know, um, the big part of things that's missing, um, for example, there's, there's some people don't know, but like, you know, you have an echo on a guitar back in the day, they would put that echo it would be what they call printed. So that would be there when they were playing and it would get recorded. Now you play it without the, the echo and the echo put on afterwards. So you can make it perfect. And it's like, that kind of takes away the vibe sometimes, you know? Um,
0: Oh, is that some kind of like preset that would be in like Pro Tools or something? They can just kind of push a button and have that Yeah, and they Yeah,
2: like, hey, that guitar, we need some delay on it. So back in the day, you would just turn your delay pedal on and play it. And, you know, I'm showing my age at this point. but And it would be recorded with the delay on it. So, But now you play it without. And then afterwards, you go, okay, now we'll put delay on it. That way we can make sure it has enough repeats. So if you wanted to go bump, bump. Or even longer, bum, you know, it, it, that kind of thing. Or you'd speed it up or make it louder or quieter. And I understand the magic of being able to manipulate things to that. But I think there's a certain magic in things being set when you record them. That's the way it happened in that room. And, you know, Black Sabbath records were done that way and they'd kick ass you know Led Zeppelin records were done that way, and they kick ass. So, um, I don't know. Like I said again, maybe it's just the old guy in me, but yeah. So,
0: or you uh, hear stories about people recording stuff and they do something by accident, and they're like, "Oh, it's awesome! Do that again or whatever." You know, it's like yeah, yeah it's eruption. Like...
2: Eruption. You know, with Eddie passing away, there was those conversations where that was them in the studio. If you listened to the, I don't know if you've seen any of it, it's on YouTube, but. They play the recording of him, and there's a, other than a gap where he stops that they cut out, that is what he recorded in one take. And when it's done, they actually go into You Really Got Me, I believe, just like they because their live shows, they basically were in between takes, were rehearsing their live show. So he was just playing his guitar solo, and they just happened to press record. So that kind of shit, yeah, it's just like that just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore because everything is so everybody's trying to make everything perfect and uh yeah so i you know i do think that because of that there are bands you know i there are producers that have a sound i mean all producers have a sound but but the good good ones make every band sound like the band um where there's other ones where it's just like they're really good But a lot of their mixes sound, most of the bands sound very similar um, because they're using plugins and they're using their, their, you know, they get the tape and they, you know, well, well, I know that a Mesa Boogie through this will sound really good. so And I I already know that if I EQ it this way, so it just makes it really fast to just shove it in there and I'll use the Mesa Boogie and, you know, and it just makes things faster and the process faster, which is great for again for money's sake for the band and, and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day i, I think i just prefer to go into a room and get myself uh whether it's good or bad uh you know again there's people that you know dog on so-and-so sound and then there's other people that love that sound that's kind of the magic of music is not ever you know it's not it's not for everybody, you know. Every song isn't for everybody. Every tone isn't for everybody. But I think it's important that every band has its voice, and and that that's missing very much, you know, between the, you know, Van Halen, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, uh, Pearl Jam. I'm, I'm throwing out a bunch of grunge. Well, I don't know why, <laughs> but <laughs> cheap tr- cheap trick, you know, all of those bands. When you hear them, you know who you're not like. Oh well, that's just some generic shit that sounds like every, you know they have of not only do they have a good singer voice but the band itself has its own voice quote unquote you know so so yeah if, uh, you know that might be a rough one for some people but I, I definitely think that's a a big one nowadays especially with the home recording thing. it's just so easy to you know i, I mean it, it's it's really hard you know I've had times when, you know, Lights of Marfa, we did all of our own recording. And, you know, I tried to make sure that I always used my amp, used different spirits, did different things rather than just going into, you know, um, Helix or Kemper or one of them digital things and just pulling up a Marshall and going, you know. Um, I tried to make every song a little different and different tones and things. So, I, you know. Even though I was in my own element, I really tried to focus on that because I think that's an important part of it.
0: Um, I wasn't sure if you meant by this either because my mind kind of went in this direction with like the producer and the tone and stuff. Is like, Mm. I'll always look at like liner notes every time I buy a CD or something on vinyl or whatever. I'll look at like all the credits and stuff. Yeah. And I almost get kind of turned off, even though I'll end up still a fan of the band i guess but if they've got like you'll see like six or seven songwriters and a whole bunch of producers it almost sounds like it's almost too uh produced yeah and i didn't know if you had meant like along those lines to your initial reason for uh making that post no I, w- I
2: didn't but but that is a big thing you know i don't know why it takes eight people to write a song with five chords i really don't get that, you know, but, you know, um, you know, I guess everybody's got to get their finger in the, in the bowl nowadays, but, um, I mean, and I, I, yeah, I won't even go into that, but, but yeah. And as far as producers, yeah. Once there's multiple producers, then yeah, it gets, it gets weird, you know? Um, but there's some killer ones out there, you know, I mean the, um, you know, there's a ton of them out there right now that are still putting out killer shit. So, um, but there's a ton of at home ones that, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like bands. You have the upper tier and you have the middle tier, the same with producers and everybody's just trying to make a buck and get through. So that, and that's great. But you know, for me musically, yeah, that, that thing where you're not in a studio and you just kind of get the tracks and you send them off to some guy that you've never met in you know in England and he sends you back a, a, a mix and it, you know I it, that just just doesn't doesn't do it for me again that could just be old school me but I'd be in the room
0: yeah it's not organic treasure. or there's it's lacking that magic I guess
2: yeah you know like you said those those mistakes too you know I mean I know from recording myself you know because the like stuff we we kind of all did it at our own places, but then mixed it together at our, our singer studio. But, but tracking myself, even I'm probably more critical on myself than, than most producers even be. So, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'll do, I basically play the song like 10 times and then I'll find the best bits and I just kind of go over it. Cause I think, I don't know, I could play that better. So yeah, there's that part of it too. I mean, I love not having hands on for that. I just have to play guitar. And they can say, oh, that was a little bit off as far as temp whatever part of it was a little bit, but it sounded cool, it sounded human. Um, so, yeah, I miss having that that part, too. So, yeah, um, all important stuff. So, I, you know, I have to say probably um, after after things get back to normal, I, d- I don't think I will go back to doing things the old, the the, the new I guess the new old way I go back to the old, old way, um, where you go into a studio and, and track, you know, and, and are there for the mix. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the other thing that, that happens, uh, which I'm, some people know or whatever, but I mean, back, back in the day, and this wasn't that long ago, I mean, you know, I mean, well, I guess it was twenty twenty 20 years ago, probably or so you would go in and the producer would you would sit there in the room and he would do a mix and then you'd listen to me be like yeah that was it but if you were like i don't really care for that you'd have to go in and remix the whole thing where now they can mix things and automate it and the computer remembers that mix so if you're like yeah, that third word of the second verse needs to be a little bit louder. You can actually nudge that fader for that one word. Oh, wow. And so, so yeah, it's called callbacks. Now It's a thing now. Back in the day, if you wanted a callback, you literally had to pull the whole song back in and remix it from the beginning. Like not, you had no idea. It would be nothing like the first mix. It would be completely different. Now there's producers that will put a kibosh on callbacks because what happens now, because it's so easy, people will record and then you'll have the bass player go, I want my bass a little bit louder. So they turn the, and then the drummer, because the bass is loud, then he ain't hearing his kick. So he goes, "I oh, want kick a little. so now you're at the third mix. And then the singer does that thing where it's like the third word in the second, then you're in your fourth mix. So they're called callbacks. You keep calling the producer back and going, we want this change. We want that change make it sound like I'm standing on an asteroid, making up <laughs> the, the, the poor guy, you know, the poor producer has, and at some point, at some point for me, it has to be done. You know, I know for, I, I used to be a perfectionist in the studio. I got to a point where it's a moment in time. It's an advertisement. We play and you can nitpick it to death, but, even when you nitpick it to death three months from now, if I listen to it, I'll still find something I would want to change. So at some point, like I said, it just has to be done. You got to just go, okay, that's enough. That, that That's that's enough. No more, you know, third word. I, I you know, I want to, I want to come back in and, you know, I, yeah. So the callback thing is another thing that, that's just uh, drives me nuts. You know, it's, it's, it's too easy to mix now that, that the band, We'll just drive a producer nuts with callbacks so i i know guys that literally are just like i'll give you three callbacks you know after that i'm you know i'm charging you more so it's like okay you know um good on them because it's it is annoying as shit. so
0: <laughs> yeah shoot you don't um, want to go over budget or something just on like one song
2: oh yeah it's like i said especially when it's again you know everybody's a uh, idea of what what's trivial but for me it's just like Hey, the reverb is at 20%. Could you make it 22%? I mean, give me a fucking break. You know I mean? It's like, at some point it's like, okay, 20% or 22 But I've, I've been in situations where it's like that, where guys are literally come back to have things like reverb and, and effects and things changed literally by a percent or two. And it's like, you got, you got to be kidding me. So, uh, yeah, that, 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 that shit's got to stop.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say when you were like, I'm going to go back to the old, old way. You're going to be like Dave girl and do it on tape. But maybe that is the best way because you're, um, oh. you're actually going to get it right the first time. Cause it's on tape. There's no like, like uh, hitting a redo button.
2: Yeah. I miss, I mean, it's been, it's been 15 plus years probably since I've done tape <clears throat> and it, it, you know even if you don't do tape you could still do pro tools you just have to have a, 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 a like that red what is that stop button or whatever you know like <clears throat> just to call it because at some point like i said it's just too easy to edit things now so if you could find a group of guys that are like let's go in the studio and and give ourselves <clears throat> you know uh, oh what is that band like the rival sons they seem a band like a band like that like they go in and they rip a song three times, and they just pick the best take. You know, they're not in there toiling over, you know, playing it 47 times to get just the perfect drum take, you know. And that works for some bands, but, I, I man, I just think there's a certain magic to go in there and just ripping it out, you know, going and recording a record in two weeks and mixing it and, you know, being done in a month with a 12-song record. Read, it shouldn't take, you know shouldn't take three months, four months, five months, whatever. So, you know, <clears throat> should take a song. You know, if you know the material, and the band's pro- quote unquote professional, uh, they should be able to go in there and knock out at least a song a day. You know? Um, I mean, the, what is the black first we took Black Sabbath brought up earlier. That first record was done in like 10 hours or some shit, you know, it's like, that's insane. That's a classic. And, it, you know, I'm sure people could go, yeah, but this is wrong. And, you know, I tone could be better if he, you know, it's like, well, you know, yeah, I, I guess. But it's worked for how many years now? You know, people are still playing it on the radio.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Um, well, I guess for one last, uh, final um, a band law, this isn't a Rizzoni. Um, this is just my own little personal uh philosophy uh-huh. and I wanted to see what you thought like growing up and hearing stuff on the radio like I used to listen to like the morning um you know like radio box around here and one guy yeah. had always said if you're going to a concert you don't wear the band's uh concert uh shirt that you're going to see and I always thought that was dumb because I'm like well like why else wouldn't you want to wear that that's the band you're gonna see why it's like the best place to wear it, right
2: yeah. I, I always wore my concert shirts to the show, like the the band I was going to see. I, you know, that I, I've heard people say that, but I do know as far as the band spectrum, like that was always a thing. Especially if you're in your own hometown, it was always kind of like a thing. Like, you know, if you were, you know, like if we were playing Nashville, you would never wear your own shit. But you know, some bands outside of their own town would wear their, you know. I don't know. That stuff doesn't bother me. I feel like it's a uniform, you know. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it does look a little weird if you're just a local band wearing your own shirt. It's a little different if you're Nikki Six. <laughs> um, so you got some of those things, it, it, you know, uh, you know, tit for tat. I mean, that's all okay. personal preference. For me, I I I don't think I've ever worn one of my my band shirts. Uh, I could be wrong, but I I don't think I ever have. Obviously. I always just had that thing back in the day. Like I said, once I started touring, it was always like, never wear your own shirt. So it was just like, okay, I won't, you know, so I, I usually would uh, pick the other bands, you know, as we, as we went, I'd get one of their shirts or, you know, the other, the other bands and, and try and prop them out while, while we were playing, you know? So that, that's always a good way to go is if you're playing with multiple bands, just trade merch and wear each other's shit so
0: Um, i think that's actually kind of cool yeah you're kind of like almost like uh uh, showing off the support band or the headline band or something
2: yeah i mean it's i mean you know imagine being on tour with some some bigger band and you give them their your shirt and that kind of stuff is cool sometimes you know sometimes it brings a lot of attention to a band so if the shirt's cool enough so uh, yeah I don't I don't know I've never I've never not worn a band shirt too like if I went and seen a band like Kiss I would wear a Kiss shirt. So yeah but, like but I don't
0: crazy. see anything wrong with that but here was here was my little twist on that. My no-no with wearing uh, band shirts is I don't if I'm wearing a band shirt like I'm wearing a Metallica shirt I wouldn't wear an Alice Cooper hat or something or I wouldn't wear like a Metallica a uh, hat with a Metallica shirt.
2: Okay.
0: Because um, one example I, is the guy that I work with, he's always wearing Cubs stuff. And he's always wearing a Cubs uh, um, hat, a Cubs shirt, and a Cubs jacket. And I'm like, okay, man, we get it. You like the Cubs. You don't have to, like, wear Cubs every day on every uh, piece of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm chapping asses now. It's my turn. <laughs> he's,
2: he's, he's, a, he's on the team. Yeah. Uh, He's the ball boy. Uh, yeah, I, I guess. It, yeah, it just depends. But yeah, I probably, I probably wouldn't go all out. You know, where the, the, you know, the Metallica, along with some bandanas on my legs. You know, and the <laughs> Metallica vans. Yeah, that's that's. I guess there's Uber fans if they want to do that. You know, I always appreciated those, those people personally on a on a band level. You know, those those the diehards. You know, they're the ones that make the world go round. I mean, all the fans are the ones that make the world go round. But yeah, those ones that that just got every piece of merch and every piece that that you know you gotta love them. You know, they're they're the reason the reason you're able to do what you do so. So yeah, I, but yeah, I probably wouldn't wear all that stuff either. I'd I'd, I'd stick with the shirt.
0: <laughs> um, I guess I just wanted to be like you and just chap asses or whatever before we hey, were done. You know, so,
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's any other good, uh, good, uh, laws or whatnot.
0: Uh, uh, uh yeah. Any closing uh, uh, nuggets?
2: I guess n- not really. I mean, as far as like, you know, if you're a man help load and unload, you know, those are some of the things, you know, there's always one guy that you can't find. He's like, you know, buying a beer, you know, it's like, <laughs> where, 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 where's Bob? You know, we're loading the truck and he's, 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 over there by the bar going, hey man, I'm trying to get a beer. I'll be over there in a second, you know? And then by the time the, you know, the trailer's loaded, he's finally walking over, you know, the beer's half gone. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's lots of those, but I think that's true in job, you know, some there's, there's the guys that don't do shit and the, the, the others that, uh, that work too much, you know? So, uh, so, yeah, so it, it's probably the same as any job, but uh, but I can not you know, I think uh, one of my big ones, I've, I've kind of had the, I don't know if it's a law or whatever, but I think there should be some uh, camaraderie in bands. That's the one thing I notice seems to be missing in a lot of bands that I've met and, and played with in the last, it's just like none of them are friends and that, you know, like like playing with the great affairs and, and lights. Like I'm friends with those guys. Like we hang out, you know, um, I just think that that's a big part too. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to come, you know, put your phone down, enjoy the, the moment. You know, we're at rehearsal. We're joking around, you know, um, enjoy it, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of guys that, you, you know, you see them looking at their watch, trying to get the hell out of rehearsal. You know, it's like, is this almost over yet? It's like, why are you here? You know, I, I joined a band. Part of the reason I joined a band was because it, it was like being in, you know, being on a football team or being in a gang or it was my it was my crew. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think that's I don't know that that's a law, but I think you should at least try to, uh, you know, engage and, and befriend, because otherwise it's a long, you know, on those those weekenders or real tours and they can be long if you fucking hate each other man so uh and you hear those stories now about all the bands you know some of them bands i, I whether it's the eagles or motley crew or whatever you know it's just like you know they don't even ride on the same bus that shit's weird to me
0: i was just gonna say that yeah separate tour buses and stuff it's got to be like yeah you can tell they don't get along then they're just kind of doing it just to um get a paycheck or pay for a new lamborghini or something
2: yeah it's 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 uh That's always been a a weird one to me. And there are bands, I mean, I know Korn, I think they tour in their own buses, but they all got their families and kids on the road, so that's a little different. But yeah, when you hear about those bands, it's just like, they completely, I mean, I think the Eagles, where somebody was telling me, like, they wouldn't even fly on the same plane because they fucking hated each other, you know? It's just like, wow, you really hate each other. Like, I mean, like, like you said, I mean, I guess the money is that good, but for me, life's too short to you know, even, even if the money's good, you know, at some point you just gotta go, okay, nah, uh, you know, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather make, you know, and this is going to people be like, but in my mind, like I would rather make less money and be happy every day than be fucking miserable and and hate the people I'm around all the time and make a bunch of money. You know I mean? I, I don't know. I guess, I guess if it was like, in six months you can make $10 million and you just got to suck it up and hate. But we're talking like some of these bands have been together 40 years. It's like, you've hated that guy for 40. Like you've done this for 40 years and you're, you God, and you're already millionaires. Like stop already. You know how much money is enough, you know? So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, th- I think the big one too, is just to really, uh, enjoy it. And, and like I said, be in the moment. And, and, you know, if you, if, uh, you know, going back to all of it, if you don't want to practice on Tuesday, if you're going to call at five and ask if we're rehearsing, or if you're going to look at your phone the whole time uh, and and be ready to get, you know, if you've, the rehearsal ends at nine and you're already halfway packed up at 859, like, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're not playing with the right guys. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, that was my, my little shoot off to the left. I don't know if that's a law, but that's something that's, uh, chapped my ass
0: for hey man a while. <laughs> this is your soapbox so yeah. yeah so
2: you know whatever for whatever it's worth yeah i don't know you know my soapbox is uh you know um, I'm, I'm i'm no uh i'm no edge but you know i have i have an opinion just like everybody else but i i, th- I think most guys that, that do this and and are serious about music probably agree with a lot of that stuff so um so and the ones that don't probably aren't in a band <laughs> or a serious band you know sometimes those guys that complain you know like oh it's bullshit but then you talk to him, and this is like i can't find a band to be in you know it's It's like yeah because you don't learn the songs you don't want to rehearse you don't want because
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> like i was just going to go back to what you were saying about how corn has their family out um with them on the road but if you don't have your family, it's like your band has to be your family. So you would want to get along with them or people that you kind of, um, think you will get along with.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean, I've been in bands before where people didn't get along. I've been in bands before where I was one of the people that didn't get along with, you know, I was one of two people that didn't get along with each other. So I've I've been on all sides of it and I left that situation. It wasn't, you know, it was a great situation musically. It was a horrible situation on a personal level. You know, it's one of them things where it was just like, you know, when you're almost getting into fights backstage and you don't know why, you're like, what the hell did I do? You know, it's like sometimes people just don't get their, you know, it's oil and water, man. You know, I mean, sometimes, uh, sometimes people just don't mix well, and, and that's just the way it is, you know. But, again, life's short to... To, to be in that you know and like I said that was a very good situation musically and financially but I, I just couldn't do it anymore because it was a miserable situation on a personal level and then like I said I've been in, been outside where there's been two other guys you know and uh sometimes you just can't figure it out you know like I said it's just people don't people don't get a, I mean I'm sure it's just like work you know there's people at your work and I've, I've had jobs before where i'm like god that guy's a dick you know <laughs> so if you gotta be around him I mean, like you said you know you're not around in a van or a bus all day with that person you know at least you're on different sides of the room most of the time or different you know you only got to deal with them in short spurts but when you're in a band you're around each other all the time man so um yeah if you don't like them it's just better just to walk away
0: well, hopefully that won't be the case with the great affairs. Cause I want to see you play with, those guys. I hate
2: all them fuckers. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, actually, like I said, it's, I've been friends with those guys for, I mean, I met Denny was one of the first people I met when I moved to Nashville over a decade ago. So we've been friends before that I've known Matt. I've known Kenny for as long as he's been in it. So, I, you know, we, we get along great. So yeah, it's actually most of the time we're laughing and, uh, lucky enough in most of my situations over time to you know be around people that were enjoyable to be around and and that that it's fun not a not a chore you know so so yeah this it'll be good
0: yeah um well uh thanks for uh talking to me tonight and i'm really looking forward to um catching you guys play together um next month and then like later in the summer
2: yeah, it's like I said. It's gonna. I'm interested to see how it's gonna be. It's gonna be really weird, I think. But uh, it'll be good to be playing again. So,
0: um, yeah, it's a whole new world. The uh, social distanced uh, shows.
2: Yeah, and the next year is gonna be. I mean, the next 2021 anyway seems like it's gonna be mostly local and smaller bands because i notice all the big bands are, are continuing to cancel until 2022 now so there's a lot of tours i know the ink car incarceration some of them bigger festivals look like they're happening um at this point um but as far as i can't remember who i just saw push back their tour again but was it motley crew or something yeah i think it was the motley crew one but there's a number of big tours just because those things take so long to plan you can't you know, they can't take the risk of it possibly being canceled. So I think the next year or at least 2021 good for local and smaller bands, because that's all there's probably going to be a lot of. So I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be a good summer for you guys. Uh, and uh, thanks again for chatting Corey.
2: Oh yeah. No problem, man. See you in a, uh, see you in a few weeks.
1: I want to now. I want to know. I got to rock. I need to roll. If you can't hang with the speed I go, I'm going to roll tonight.